I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. My niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh-huh. you want to see the inside, huh? I'll see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place, play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. Cruise your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean, loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch, the milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch, 88. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, my corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man.
Ah, oh, man. God damn. All right. Let me move that a smidge. Okay. All right, man. What is going on, guys? What is going on, man? We are back. We are back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, man. Um, yeah, man. Um, let's jump right into the intro, man. Let's not waste any time, man. Uh, what is going on, guys? We are back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, but more specifically, another edition of Notorious Unscripted, man. If this is your first time watching, you guys do not know how the show works. Every Monday, we're on here live with Notorious Unscripted after Monday Night Raw and every Friday we are on here at 4 p.m. Central with the Newsman. If you guys did miss this past Friday's edition of the news, Brock Lesnar possibly finishing up with WWE. We talked about the rumor killer. We also talked about how um, it, there could be truths to that, uh, to that story, man. We talked about MJF telling the WWE talent that he... Uh, is going, uh, he is looking forward to being there in 2024. Uh, we go over all that good stuff, man, live on the news, man. That is episode, I want to say, 152 of the news, man. And if you guys did miss that, that is available for you guys now live on all platforms, man. That is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see it first, join us right here every Friday, 4 p.m. Central, for the news, man. Also, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Heels podcast merchandise, you guys can all find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. And it is in either mine or Cirque's social media page pages, man. So, with that... You have all eight of these beautiful designs available in more than just a t-shirt, man. You got the Chicago flag design, the skyline design, the base logo design, the best kept secret to the IWC, the Riddler inspired IWC's best kept secret design, the scratch logo, the only community that matters, the uncrowned kings of the IWC, the Biggie inspired merch, and the Christmas merch, man. All eight of these beautiful designs available in more than just t-shirts, man. Live on the merch shop, that is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video and in either mine or Sergei's social media pages again, man. So with that, if this is your first time watching, you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Heels Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man Sergei here. How's it going, dude? It's going good, man. Going good. Just been, uh, just been chilling out, man. Just been chilling out. Just waiting for... Uh... <clears throat> Waiting for Mania, waiting for Double or Nothing, and just just been hanging out, man. Got nothing much going on, so just been um just been chilling, man. But um, usually Durante's here to ask how's life, how's the family, whether he'll be here soon or the replay, man. Life's good, man. Family's good. What about everybody in chat? What about you, bro? How you doing? Yeah, man. Um, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Um, yeah, man. Just uh i believe i should be getting should be getting my ultimate edition aj styles tomorrow so that's exciting uh booked um booked a vacation for the middle of may before double or nothing um that'll uh so it is now confirmed that will be the time wwe gets sold while i'm on vacation um <laughs> so so uh yes we booked booked a vacation um 
uh, we booked a vacation to uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and so uh, I used to go there. I, I, I you, uh, my when I was a kid, we used to go there all the time because that was my grandfather's, my late grandfather's favorite spot, um, and we used to go down there every year. And I haven't been since um, since the year before he passed away. Um, so. Man, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, but it's exciting, man. It's exciting nonetheless. And uh yeah, so that's exciting, bro. And then other than that, uh that's probably news for my pops. Um I actually haven't told him that yet, so he's probably oh, figuring that out now. We were going to do <laughs> Minneapolis, but uh we decided not to this year. Um Yeah. Nice. Uh, but yeah, man, but yeah, just lock down the vacation. So that's uh that's nice. And, um, yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it. Um, man, we're going to go over AEW Dynamite first, bro. But, uh, before we get to that, bro. Dude, I was so pissed off at Twitter today, man. Bro. That shit was pissing me off. What is the deal with... Bray Wyatt, dude, and not not so much what's the deal with Bray Wyatt. What is the deal with these fucking fans, man? Why do they hate this man so much? Dude, um, also, another thing, before we get to Bray Wyatt, staying on the topic of fans, what the fuck is with these people wanting to see Roman Reigns beat Cody Rhodes for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania? Uh-oh. Oh, no, no. I had to mute that. I had to fix my mic. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought something ripped out of it the way the way you were tugging at it. Um Bro, what the fuck is the deal with these fans wanting to see these wanting to see Roman Reigns beat Cody Rhodes come WrestleMania? Dude, I don't know why it's in their head, but if that shit happens, <sighs> it's over with, bro. It's over with. Dude. Hell no. Um, so, anyway, off that, bro, uh, dude, what is the fucking deal with wrestling fans and Bray Wyatt, dude? I mean, today on Twitter was getting me so aggravated, uh, I, I hardly wanted to be on Twitter, which is why, which is a big reason why the only time you guys seen me on Twitter tonight, uh, was to point out um was to point out uh Chad Gable noticeably noticeably putting his left shoulder in the shot and you know it, it took I didn't even notice it until the last segment that he was in on the show and then as I was going back and seeing pictures dude fucking Chad Gable noticeably wearing Whoa. An American Alpha hoodie. His old American Alpha Takeover Dallas hoodie. Bro. That shit is heat, bro. We gotta bro. see him. Dude, I'm telling you, man, I really I'm bro, we've legitimately been telling these fucking people for months. For months, dude, that Jason Jordan's Jason Jordan has been out of the ring for six years. Six fucking years. I know it doesn't feel like it, but he's been out of the ring for six years, dude. And, bro. It's over, 
I miss that shit. I need American Alpha. Bruh. We've been telling these motherfuckers, man. But regardless, bro, Bray Wyatt's not on the show. Obviously, wasn't on the show tonight. Neither was Bobby Lashley either. So, I don't know what is going on. But I'm tired of the people that do think they know what's going on. Because, bro, the reason Bray Wyatt, under no circumstances, should be getting this type of, of hate from people. No. I mean, dude, I, I understand. Trust me. We've been on here. Uh, we were on here two weeks ago telling you guys how much we miss grounded Bray Wyatt. How this... How this current Bray Wyatt may be a little too theatrical for for my liking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a little bit of, you know, theatrical shit. Whether it's, you know, Broken Matt, Bray Wyatt, you know, you guys know. Well, I like yeah. a little bit of theatrical shit. The Firefly Funhouse match was one of my favorites. But a little too overdone with the, with the you know, just theatricalness of his, of his act. But, um... They're, they're under no circumstances should this man be getting this kind of hate where people are genuinely calling for the man to be fired. Um. Also, I think some people have forgotten that live events exist. And Bray Wyatt's physical issue could have been from wrestling because, newsflash people, Royal Rumble wasn't the only fucking time he wrestled. He does wrestle on live events. Um, also, when Keith Lee got hurt in the beginning of 2021, they said that he, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a physical injury or they said something along those lines. They told you Keith Lee was injured. Keith Lee was not injured. Keith Lee got sick. I don't know. Again, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I've, I've heard that. That he might be sick. I'm so sick and tired of fucking people acting like they know what's up with Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. Um, especially today more than ever. And everybody calling him a carny and a coward because he walked out. And, and if he did walk out, do you blame him? Look at and what Vince McMahon has been doing with his booking recently. I was going to say, dude, if he, if he is walking out. That, that just proves that this booking ain't him and it's someone else and he doesn't like it. Why would he book himself like shit and walk out? He's not Cody. Uh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, like, that makes no... Why would he... If no. he is doing all this himself, why would he walk out? What? Uh, dude, people calling him a carny just pisses me off because the reason people are car calling him that... Is because he doesn't wrestle and he just does random TV stuff. Where is that same energy is for Dan Houston? Is Roman for Reigns a carny? Uh, you could say with that logic. Is Roman Reigns wrestle? a fucking carny? Because the whole WrestleMania season, he's been gone, to my knowledge. And you know what? Was he a carny last summer when he took a vacation and after he won both world titles? Was he a carny? Not to the fans, not to the marks, but oh, Barry Wyatt, man, he, he has, he, it's too much character, which, even, yeah, it's too much character, Even you were given these criticisms, too much character, it's been directionless, me and you have been saying that, that's not an attack on him, because Barry Wyatt, he's one of my favorites, ever, he's on my I think he is more. the best, 
Exactly, bro. He is the best creative mind in this business, bro. And you trying to say he's a carny because he's not fucking wrestling every week? Neither is any of their favorites. Brock Lesnar is the carny. Exactly. That's it. Like, why don't you call Brock Lesnar a carny by that logic? Like, <laughs> dude, that shit pisses me under. Exactly. I hate the Bray Wyatt hate that he is, that he is given, man. He is one of the most overhated people in the business, man. And I hate to see it, man. I and, hate to see it because he's one of the best. And, and again, we're talking about keeping that same energy. Um, You mentioned one of the names, Dan Housen. The AEW fans are my favorite when they hate on Bray Wyatt because he's these most- are the same fucking people that love Dan Housen. They love him. Oh. These are the same people. And Dan Housing is literally worse by their logic than Bray Wyatt. By their logic, the reason they hate Bray, he doesn't wrestle on TV that much, and he and he's more character than wrestler. That's why they hate him. Because, you know, most AEW elitists have a severe ADHD and have to have a match on 24-7. They, they can't handle someone just talking. But, like, that's all Dan Housing does. He just walks backstage, does this, and just talk. So why don't you hate Danhausen? Why don't you despise Danhausen the way they despise Bray Wyatt? And if you ask me, same with Orange Cassidy. I mean, he just walks around all day, just in sunglasses, just walking around. Half of his matches are just him walking around. He he is. He might be a carny. Whoa, 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 man! Hold on. He's <laughs> been in wrestling matches for the past three weeks. Oh man. He's been in some lackluster, boring wrestling matches these last few weeks, man. Well, Bray Wyatt was probably on fucking live events. Tearing it up, man. Live events with Bray Wyatt always look so fun. He looks like he's having a blast on live events whenever I see him there. Come on, bro. Come on. No. I hate that Bray Wyatt hate. Yeah, I'm 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 genuinely sick of it, and especially today it was getting it was genuinely it was genuinely getting me so aggravated that you genuinely had people saying that um, you genuinely had people calling for this man to be fired, calling him all types of names. And to be 100 percent honest, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You don't. Yeah. You don't. don't. And that's and that's the thing. That's the thing that that I can't stand is people in this community, people in this community fucking talk about things as if they're facts. They talk about things as if they fucking know everything, whether it's fucking, whether it's, whether it's, whether it's a journalist or whether it's the guy at the bottom of the fucking barrel who, who has five followers, the people tweet things as if they're genuine facts. And when it comes to Bray Wyatt, again, of uh, again, bro, Calling for the man to be fired, I think, is a little fucking ridiculous, considering you guys were all the same people when WWE fired him through a fucking fit. You threw oh, a fit. Oh, he WWE's a piece of shit company. They fired Bray Wyatt. He's one of the best creative mind. And you get him back and... You're calling for him to be fired again over and the fact that you can't see past booking. Meanwhile, you see past booking for 90 percent of the other fucking people on the roster. Oh, it's not him. It's the booking. How much do we hear that a lot? Where is that energy for Bray Wyatt? 
Where? Exactly. Oh, fucking Mustafa Ali has been booked like shit his whole fucking career, basically, and he's great. But they all all they say is just, yeah, the booking's horrible. The booking, the booking, yeah, the booking sucks. Same with Bray Wyatt. The booking sucks. That's what it is. But it's not that the person sucks. It's Dolph Ziggler's entire career since like 2015, 2014. He has been the lifer. Is Dolph Ziggler bad? Not at all. He's one of the best in-green guys they got. He's booked like shit. We all know that. They don't know how to book Bray Wyatt, obviously. We don't know that. It's not, it's not Bray Wyatt. It's either Triple H or Vince McMahon. I don't care who it is. Because I could believe both at this point. I don't care who it is. It's one of those two. And either one of those two don't know how to book Bray Wyatt to save their life. Another Another comparison. Sasha Banks walks out of the company in 2022 with Naomi. She lays the, the, the women's tag team championships on John Laurinaitis' desk and walks out. She walks out and takes her ball and goes home, right? Fans rejoice. Oh, good on her. Good on her. You know, she she you know, she did the right thing. She she's not gonna put up with it. People hear Bray Wyatt, people hear People say, uh, or people hear this story going around, Vin- Vince McMahon's coming back, and now Bray Wyatt died, decides to pick his ball up and go home. Where is that same energy? So so you guys are going to defend Sasha Banks for doing it, but then when Wyatt does it, you call him a carny? How does that make and, any sense? And if he did, man, isn't that what the fans want half the roster to do anyway if Vince comes back? So why is... The one guy that might actually be doing that, the bad guy. <laughs> That's what, dude. Ever since he's been gone, all I've saw are tweets. If Vince McMahon cover comes back, I expect half that roster to walk out. He might be coming back, and if he did, Bray Wyatt tipped. Why are you mad at him for that? That you said they should do that. Dude, these fans are something else, man. They make no fucking sense. People in this goddamn community, they, they, um, what am I trying to say here? They fit things to their narrative. If they say, oh, we're, we stand with Sasha Banks, we stand with Sasha Banks because we like Sasha Banks. But if somebody else does it, who's fucking fantastic and, and clearly, and clearly the booking is is not fucking him because you you can just tell based off all the Firefly Funhouse shit that has been going on. Yeah, that don't give off hidden vibes. No, mm. no, you could you can absolutely tell, and the reason you can tell is because Bray Wyatt, um, up until the point he came when he came back, it was all new Uncle Howdy type shit, right? It was all new Uncle Howdy type shit. Then all of a sudden he starts dipping back into the fun house. And, mm-hmm. and who did that? Who did that all the time? Vince. Vince. When Bray, you know, when in the summer of 2020, when he was feuding with Braun Strowman, he had Bray Wyatt run through the greatest hits of his career until Bray, until he got to the fiend. He was fun house Bray. Then he was the cult leader. And then Braun made it to the fiend. And then, you know, he lost to the fiend, but like people fit, people fucking fit things to to uh fit their own people say things to fit their own narrative constantly and they can like things for one person but if somebody does it then they're you know they take their ball and they went home 
you know, okay. and, and they're a carny. Like, dude, it makes yeah. it makes no fucking sense, man. It makes no sense. Dude, if MJF does ever go to WWE, I can't wait to see all his fucking AEW elitist reaction to him. They'll hate him. They'll fucking hate him till he comes back. Same way oh, they don't yeah. really care for Cody now. I see yeah. a lot. They don't really care for Cody. Um, and the reverse happens. A lot of those fans that were standing with Sasha, now they don't like her because she's not in WWE again. Yep. It's it's what people do all the time, man. And it's like, bruh, I don't get it. I, I hate this fan base a lot, man. Sometimes it could be really awesome, but sometimes yes. it could just be horrible like this, man. When they when the fans get to disliking someone, it's just like a snowball down a hill. Everybody joins in, and they just hate him for no reason, man. I yeah. love Bray Wyatt. And I hope if he did walk out, good for him, man. Good for him. Now, what's up, Durante? How you Yo, been, man? Um, and people were saying, oh, I'm so glad TK didn't sign him. I'm so... Dude, looking back, I wish he did. Because yeah. when Bray Wyatt came back initially... The character was pretty grounded because the whole character was, you know, I've done a lot of bad things. I'm going to try to be good. And then, you know, he tried to be good and he fucking failed at that. And he went crazy again. Like he was, he was always in the ring cutting the promo. He was always just in normal clothes when he came back, just talking. That's what we wanted. And that's what we were getting until something happened. And now he's, he went all theatrical. We, we would have been getting that the whole time in AEW, man. Come on, man. I don't know if it's Triple H. I don't know if it's Vince. I don't really give a fuck. One of those two idiots screwed over Bray Wyatt, and the fans hate him for it. It's fucked. Makes no fucking sense, dude. Whenever things used to go wrong, whenever things used to go wrong, people always blame the Booker, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon. But when things go wrong with Bray Wyatt... You guys constantly fucking point the finger at him as if he is a fucking cancer to this business. Like, come on, man. And people hate him for protecting his character, too. I saw that a lot, too. Fucking save me, dude. Fucking save me. Should fire him because he acts like he has to win 24-7. Do they need to fire Roman Reigns, too? Roman Reigns protected his character, and it's great. Yeah. Look what happens when you, if you think if Bray Wyatt actually was able to protect his character back in 2013, 2014, oh 2015, my God. 2016, that he would be fucking Roman Reigns level booking wise by now, he would be, exactly. but he, he wasn't able to, and now he is, and now he's the bad guy for it, but guys like Roman Reigns, guys like MJF, um, LCM Punk kind of backfired on his ass, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like those guys, they do it because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what Undertaker told him to do, and he's the bad guy for it. Come on, man. Come on. It makes no <laughs> sense. It makes no fucking sense, and and I'm genuinely tired of it. So all the people in this community can genuinely go fuck themselves, um, and I mean that. Um, you, you people don't know fucking anything until it actually fucking happens because with Bray Wyatt, it could be a multitude of things right now. And you know what? If it comes out, and you this is what pisses me off, if it comes out that Vince McMahon had a hand in changing the booking on Bray Wyatt, then everybody's going to, Vince messed it up again. Bray Wyatt is so creatively smart. 
He, oh, you know, he's so smart and they always mess him up. Come on, bro. Keep that Come same on. energy that you keep for Sasha Banks and all these other people and the revival, FTR. Oh, FTR, bro. Everybody was so happy when they finally fucking stood up and, 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 you know, unfortunately had to turn in all those trademarks just to get their release. But you hate Bray Wyatt if that is the case. But if he is hurt again, if he is hurt physically, he did not just fucking wrestle five minutes at the Royal Rumble. Yes, he wrestled five minutes at the Royal Rumble, but he's also been wrestling live events since December. Also. Came back. Also, let's not remember, uh, or let's remember, um, let's remember, let's remember Keith Lee here. This situation could have nothing to do with wrestling at all, and it could be something health-wise that they found wrong with him. Or, or you know what? Let's remember Chris Jericho as well. When Chris Jericho got his pulmonary embolism, he just disappeared because it was just something medical, and he just had fucking blood clots. You fucking morons. Use your brain. I can guarantee you. I don't know the numbers exactly, but Bray Wyatt has more in-ring time than Roman Reigns this year. I could already bet. I could already bet, but Bray Wyatt's the carny. Okay. Her live events. Her live events. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say. Roman Reigns, I believe, has wrestled one live event this year. Yeah, and it was against Sami Zayn, I believe. I want to say. Yeah, that's the only one he's been at. Come on, bro. Come on. But who's the with Bray Wyatt? It's a carny. Oh, I hate it. It makes no. It makes no fucking sense, bro. If you're again, if you're gonna stick up for one person for taking their ball and going home, I suggest you do the same for all of them. I mean, you get the fucking tribalism in the in the wrestling community, bro. And again, people just saying shit out of their ass to fit their own narrative is fucking ridiculous, dude. It is ridiculous. Show some respect to a man who has fucking just been absolutely nothing, but ha- who has done nothing but had an, uh, an a fucking Hall of Fame career and gave us some of the coolest shit and some of the most coolest creative shit that I've ever fucking seen. Have a little fucking respect. And again, if who's to say it wasn't something medically wrong with the fucking guy? Have a little bit respect and have a little bit of respect and for once shut the fuck up. You don't know shit. None of us do. And Literally. that's the fucking truth. Shut the fuck up. <sighs> for Christ's sake. Orange Cassidy. Oh, man. <laughs> this <Real> fucking guy. <laughs> uh, all right, man. We're calling Orange Cassidy a carny now. Just, just to piss Car- those fucking marks off. Carney Cassidy, bro. Carney Cassidy, man. <sighs> Half the people on fucking AEW television might as well be carnies. They're fucking on TV quarterly. What about Dracula? Is Dracula. Is Trench a carny, people? Is that is Satinim Singh a yeah. carny? I mean, come on. <sighs> Christ's sake. Orange Cassidy opens the show for like the third week in a row. And it's going to be fourth 
Come next week, uh, I guarantee you he'll be match one. I guarantee you he'll be match one um, in two days. <coughs> fucking boring Cassidy. <laughs> uh, fucking Jesus, man. He gives us one good match with Will Ospreay, and, never, and nobody shuts the fuck up about it. I'm going to go on about Royal Rumble 2014, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the rest of my fucking life. That's exactly. what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. He has like fucking three, four standout matches, and he's the fucking best in the company. Christ's sake. Dude, he's um, fucking overhyped to hell. Well, regardless, Orange Cassidy opens the show. This week it was Jay Lethal. Last week it was Big Bill, right? And then mm-hmm. what was the week before that? It was Cassidy versus... uh. Oh Things my god. Uh, Was it Moriarty? No. I wanna... Mm. Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, I was Yuta. Mm-hmm. Wheeler Yuta. So for the third week in a row, Orange Cassidy opens the show. Um, You know, I got a good... I got a, I got a good new... Th- I got a good theme song idea for, for AEW Dynamite, man. Okay. I'm going to bring you back to Section 80, right? Let me bring you back to let me bring you back to Section 80. There's a song on there by Kendrick Lamar. It's called ADHD. You you may have heard of it. You may have That's heard of it. For Dude, you. how about it, bro? Was that se- I want to say that was Section 80. I I I'm gonna feel like an yeah it it was I think it was dude I it remember, was okay I think it's gotta be the worst AEW elitist tweet I've seen one of them it was a dude explaining that he hates in ring promos because it explains the story to us no lie some AEW elitist that I see all the time on Twitter said that you know what they're because. AEW elitists are becoming like film bros. You know how like those film jocks like hate fun movies? Like if it's not like a fucking uh, 1940s gangster movie, it's a bad movie. Yeah. That's what oh, yeah, becoming. yeah. That's what AEW elitists are becoming. If it's not a five star match every week, 24 7, you're going to explain the story to me? Oh, no. Nah. It, it explains the story too much. Yeah, they oh, think it's like it reveals too much. They said some about how like WWE fans are so conditioned to be told the story again, they can't just read it in the matches or something. Again, fitting, saying things to fit their own narrative. Because when AEW was a was telling some of the best stories, what were they saying? Tony Khan has great long term booking. That's why WWE's failing. Because Tony Khan's actually telling the stories here. But now that there's fucking no stories in sight, now now it's now promos explain too much of the story. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that. that's the shit I'm talking about. And if you guys didn't understand, because I know sometimes I word things a little weird and, and maybe it makes sense in my mind, but it, it might right. not relay well. But like. That's the shit I'm talking about. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about when people fucking say things to fit only to fit their own narrative. So it makes sense for for their saying. But 
um, <clears throat> Jesus, it makes sense to fit what they're saying, but if it was something else, then it's okay for them to switch up their story. It oh, makes yeah. no sense. They they do not know how to. They do not know how to keep that same energy, bro. So no, they don't. Good lord, good lord. You know, uh, five. It's got to be a five star match, man. Oh god. Yeah. It's got to be a match twenty four seven on TV. Those same fans. Another tweet I saw was they loved the pace of Revolution because it it was no time wasting. It was just match after match. I need the time Dude, to breathe, bro. <laughs> they have ADHD, bro. They really do. They got to see matches 24-7. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you, bro. Let me take you guys on a trip back to 2011, man. Let's go back to Section 80. I think it's the third song on the album. Let me fact check that. It is. It is the third song on the album, bro. ADHD by Kendrick Lamar. Bro. These fans fucking well. Good lord, that needs to be the fucking theme song for AEW Dynamite. I mean, it is a banger, but it really does fit, you know, it really does fit them. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Promo, dude, that is a aspect, uh, that is a ass, that is one of the greatest aspects of wrestling, is the promo, the in-ring promo. Man. Dude, I don't get it. I really don't. Again, like I said, bro. They say, not just AEW fans, wrestling fans in general, constantly say things to fit their own fucking narrative. Constantly. Constantly. And that is a that is a prime example. Again, when AEW has no storytelling at all, now these people don't care for it anymore. But when they do have it, they're better than... What people say in, in 2021, in, in uh, a little earlier half of 2022, AEW's... AEW's uh, beating WWE. AEW's uh, better than WWE because they're actually telling stories. Mm-hmm. What happened to that, bro? What happened to stories? Now you don't need them. Those are the same fucking people. And outside of Chris Jericho, does anybody want to tell me a story that Orange Cassidy's been involved in? I can't tell you a single one. But, you know, I will give Orange this. He's a great storyteller in the ring. But, yeah. you know, I guess that fits their narrative. I guess that's all they need now. That's they just, all they want. They just need in-ring storytelling. That, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because that is exactly the kind of fucking shit I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal. Well, the AEW tribalists, the AEW elitists were um were very happy at this because they told a fantastic story in the ring. They were just uh you know, it was just your old school um Jay Lethal was working the knee to take mm. away the orange punch. Orange Cassidy was working on the elbow to take away the lethal injection. They told a really good story in this match. They told a really good story in this match. This was a great open. However, I would like you to maybe find a different spot for Orange Cassidy on the card. I mean, Please, please do that. You know, him opening the show is okay or whatever, but I don't want you to do it too much. It's it's becoming a little much. It's becoming a little and much. It is, man. It is. He he's not that engaging, man. So please no. put someone new, not new, but like haven't opened in a minute. Because please, I'm sick of the guy. Yes, and AEW, AEW, um. 
you know, I'm glad that they're defending the All-Atlantic Championship, but I just can't fucking get into it, man. Oh, it's like, you'd be doing all this with the TNT title. You know Orange Cassidy's had that belt since September? Oh my god. He's had that belt since probably about a good month before Bray Wyatt came back to WWE. October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months of a title reign. And now we're starting to see it get defended. He defended it against, uh, honestly, before Yuta, uh, Morrissey, and uh, Jay Lethal. I could not name you. I think he defended it against Trent once on an episode of Rampage. I think I remember that. Um, I remember they were doing a lot of stuff on Rampage. I remember Logan told us they yeah. were doing a lot of stuff on Rampage. But like, yeah, dude, now we have Dracula. I hate to break it to Tony Khan and these fans. I don't give a fuck about Rampage, bro. If it's not live, I don't give a fuck. Hate tape shows. If it's not NXT yeah. Black and Gold, nine times out of ten, like I don't want to watch it. Uh, Ring of Honor looks cool though. I'll give them that. But they follow that same format, that NXT. The that NXT that format, format. Ex- absolutely. Yeah. Like, you can't do that on a big scale, like average AEW crowds and shit. You just can't. <sighs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I genuinely could not tell you. I genuinely could not tell you anything other than the Dynamite matches that he did with the championship. Um. But... Yikes, bro. Um, So, he told a good story with Jay Lethal. Uh, He worked the elbow, and Jay went to go for his lethal injection. Ha-ha, Orange Cassidy worked the elbow. He couldn't do the the handstand springboard. Um, So, he hit it. Um, His arm collapsed, and he just kind of fell. Orange Cassidy was able to uh, gather up enough power in his knee to hit the uh, orange punch. And that was it, man. That was it. Orange Cassidy won the match. Jay Lethal went to go grab his Golden Globe Award from some celebrity. He stole it from a couple weeks ago. And and uh, the referee was uh, the referee was trying to um, back him off. And Jeff Jarrett came from the crowd or from under the ring or whatever it was. He came from under the ring and he hit Orange Cassidy with a Russian leg sweep and Orange Cassidy had his knee up and uh, the knee that Lethal was working and Jarrett hit it with the guitar. Um, Yeah. We'll get to this. Yeah, we'll get to this a little bit later because there's more to come on this. But yeah, so that was that. You know, great match. But you know, I'll uh, I'll continue to dive in deeper on this after the announcement that happened later in the show. So yes, that was that. That was that man and. Next, we got a promo from Ricky Starks. We got a promo from Ricky Starks here, man. And he began to talk about how he hopes 
that uh, the feud with Chris Jericho is is done and over with. He hopes the feud with Chris Jericho is done and over with, as do I. And, um, you know, not that it was bad or anything, but um, to me it didn't make too much sense because Ricky beat him in the beginning of the year clean. Mm-hmm. So for Ricky to chase a rematch was a little ridiculous in the first place, but... You know, I get it. You know, I got Ricky Starks on pay-per-view. So, I mean, it was nice to see. And, you know, Jericho yeah. put him over again. And it continues the uh, the Jericho slump storyline, if you will. So. Definitely. Definitely. I liked it. I liked it. It was pretty solid. I just didn't want it to go on too long. I wanted them to avoid that because it was a good feud. Yeah. It was a good feud uh, for what it was. Um, so. Ricky Starks then says, the question now is, what am I going to do next? But more specifically, where am I going to go next? Hmm? Interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. And then all we hear is the classic, the classic Bullet Club intro. Bullet Club for life, as Ricky Sarks was kind of just looking like, huh? Logan, Logan says he's playing 2K23. Nice, dude. Let me know how it goes. Let me know how it is, man. Oh, God. Oh, fucking Jesus. (laughs) So, the Bullet Club... The Bullet Club for Life intro starts playing, man, and um, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, makes his return to AEW. Dude, at first, I thought this was Jay fucking White, man. I think everybody did, bro. What the hell? You can't do that to us. It's It's like when they, it's like when they had fucking Johnny Elite come out. And they put Johnny up on the Trons, and it and and everybody thought it was fucking Gargano. Oh yeah, speaking of Gargano, the same fans that hate Wyatt don't like Gargano either, and they're glad TK didn't sign him either. Those are the same people that popped when the fucking mm-hmm. Tron said Johnny. So I exactly. don't want to hear it. Fuck exactly. it again, dude. Again with these fans. Again, proving my point again. So. Um, so rock hard juice Robinson comes and lays out Ricky Starks. What could this possibly mean? Uh, I know a lot of people kind of took it as uh WWE. Where is he going to go next type thing? Um, I know that's how a lot of people took it. Uh, and you know, whether it's true or not, I think what he meant in this instance is he probably will be going over to new Japan. I can see that, especially with who attacked him. Yes, and Bullet Club has a new member, uh, David Finley, joined the group. So, um, people on that fucking thing now. <laughs> I I think David Finley's okay, uh, or at yeah. least from from what I've seen of him is okay. But some of the other people they have in the group, uh, I I think David Fin I think Bullet Club could help the man grow. Um, yeah. I saw one take, and it's a take I actually agree with. Someone said a leader, and a new leader that could spice up the Bullet Club and make it like relevant again. 
Fred Rosser. <laughs> Ryback. <laughs> I know. It's true. I think he could be, because I think he fits that vibe a lot. Swerve. I think he could be a really cool Bullet Club guy. Mm. What about Trench, man? I was going to say, those two, gone. Um, them. Yeah, I, li- I like... I like that. I think Swerve could have some cool Bullet Club, Bullet Club vibes. Um, I definitely think I definitely think he could fit it. Um, Isn't you leading that leading that shit now? I think he is. I th- I don't think so. I think they tried it with him, but it failed miserably. Oh. So they, because I remember, you know, when he first joined Bullet Club, they tried to put him, which was years ago, they tried to put him in as like the leader and everybody was like, no, like this, this isn't it. Um, and it wasn't, but in the same thing. Yeah. So then they, then they just kind of like slowly transitioned Jay White back into that role. But, um, Mm. hmm, I like I, I like that. I like that. I think. Uh, I I think Kenta. I th- a lot of people. A lot of people are saying Kenta's coming into his own, uh, which is nice. Which is very nice. They're going to start pushing him. Um, hmm. Kushida. <sighs> I like the guy, man. But man, what is that? What is that gimmick, trick? dude? Uh, what is that fucking time machine act, bro? Um, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Swerve, Swerve could be really cool. I think Swerve could be really cool. Um, damn, I had somebody on the tip of my fucking tongue and I can't remember them. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I I like the addition of David Finley. I think, uh, he, I like, I like how he uses that shillelagh. When he uses that motherfucker, bro, it looks like it hurts, man. It looks like it hurts. I mean, when Fit used it, it looks like it hurt too, but, um... But yes, I like David Finley, and, and I hope he could come into his own as well as Kenta. Let's uh, for, let's forget about evil. But um, uh, it's it's interesting, man. It's interesting now that Jay White is gone because I believe they kicked Gorillas of Destiny out. Um, I believe I believe they kicked them out on Impact. I know you got those two Impact guys in Bullet Club, uh, Chris Bay and Ace Austin, which I think mm-hmm. they're okay, but they're on Impact, so I mean they're not really with the fucking group. Um. And then now Jay White's gone. I mean, who the fuck? Who the fuck? Yeah, I genuinely, genuinely have, uh, I. I have no idea, man. Gone are the days are the Young Bucks, G.O.D., Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Adam Page. Um, remember. Uh, Holy fuck, that is a massive list. Okay. Well, a couple of them don't count. Two of them specifically right now. Probably even three of them. Ace Austin. Right. Mad Mork Fale. Right. Jake Owens. Chris Bay, David oh, wow. Finley. He's still in the group. Chase Owens. I guess. Damn. Um, this one guy, Dick Togo, whatever the fuck that is. Um, 
Doc Gallows, which is obviously not anymore. Yeah. Elfantasmo, evil. Okay. Wow. Gato, obviously, still. I think so. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, I Juice, think he's with uh, David Finley now. Gato. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Juice, obviously. Rock hard. Carl Anderson, not anymore. Um, Kenta, show. T- uh, Ishimori, that fucking dude, and a, and Takahashi. I think a different Takahashi. Yeah, I was gonna say, huh? Yeah, it's some. Di- I can't I mean, even pronounce that name, but it's a different guy named Takahashi. Okay, he's been in it since twenty fourteen. Who the fuck is that guy? God damn, dude, who are these people? Yeah, they need to change this group up. Yeah, yeah, but um. Anyway, back to Ricky Starks. Um, yes, he comes out and he gets interrupted by Juice Robinson. Um, yeah, uh, honestly, bro, no thank you. Uh, when Ricky Starks beat Chris Jericho, I didn't really uh, envision him feuding with Juice Robinson afterwards. Um... So that's, uh, not to lie, bro, that is incredibly disappointing. At least, at least have it be David Finley or whoever you're trying to get over as the next Bullet Club leader. Yeah. Um. Come on, man. Juice Robinson? That's kind of lame. Yeah, it is incredibly lame. Like I said, especially coming right after the fact that he just beat Chris Jericho. And literally now he's shooting with rock hard juice Robinson. Good God. Um, next we have Wardlow announcing that tonight's main event due to his, uh, well, due to him. What's up? Due to perceived as what he was was stolen from him after a theft. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, uh, he, you know, he didn't have any gear. He announced that tonight's, uh, the night's main event would be a street fight with him and Will Hobbs. He also talked about how his buddies gave, uh, his buddies gave him some street clothes to wear, that being FTR. And next, next, Rene Paquette announces Ruby Soho. Uh, she announces Ruby Soho to the ring as Ruby comes out to the ring for a live promo and gives an explanation. Wow. Yeah, tell us the story. Wow. Oh, my God. That was actually they, awesome. They put someone in the ring to actually garner some heat for themselves. Mm-hmm. And to tell their story. Wow. Ruby here gave a great reason. That still doesn't change the fact she's in the awful group. But at least she gave a little bit of reason behind it. Right? Mm -hmm. She gave a little bit of reason. She said... She said... um, The reason is because since she came into AEW... She has been uh, outcasted. (sighs) Oh, God. 
That's what the freelancers make me do. Fucking yawn. Um, <laughs> she says ever since she came into AEW, she's been outcast. Um, every time she wins, she gets booed out of the building. Um, when she beat Chris Statlander, they booed her out of the building. Um, when, uh, and she also talked about how when, uh, whenever she's in a big match situation, nobody gets sad when she loses as opposed to, you know, how they treat, you know, stat or, yeah. uh, Britt Baker or any of the people that she's faced in a big time match. And she pretty much talked about how the fans have just never appreciated her. Um, I think you need to be asking if your boss appreciates you. Um, we don't really book you. It's your boss, man. What you mad at us for? Seriously, man. Seriously. I mean, what the hell? So that was her reason as to why she joined the freelancers. And then she had a match. Um, she had a match with um, Sky Blue. She beat Sky Blue fairly quickly, and uh, or rather quickly, and uh, that was that. After the match, after the match, uh, the freelancers came out and they attacked Sky Blue. They attacked her, and Ruby, uh, Ruby, Ruby was not attacking Sky Blue. Willow Nightingale came out, got in the face of Ruby Soho. And Willow was trying to talk her out of it, man. And the other uh, fucking Paige, or I was going to say Paige and Soraya, Tony and Soraya hop out of the ring, walk around the ring, get in the ring, and just hit Willow. You know how fucking stupid that made her look, bro? Dude, especially the next night, even though it was taped, but the next night, technically, she got a title match for the ROH title. (laughs) <laughs> so I mean, she looked like a fucking idiot right before her title match. Good God, dude. So they attack Willow and Sky Blue and they did the unthinkable to them. They possibly scarred them forever here on uh, here on AEW. They did something that is uh, completely despicable. It's hard for me to talk about. They grabbed the green spray paint and they spray painted L's on their stomach. These fucking freelancers, man. I'm telling you, that, you know, when I have children, I'm going to tell them that this was the NWO. Oh, dude. Greater than the NWO. Bullet Club who? NWO who? Fucking. Right what, here, man. What is, their, what is their fucking name now? They gave them a name. Is it the... It's like the Outsiders or some shit. The Outcast? I think it might be the Outcast. Let me see. I know they gave them a name that night. I think it is Outcast. There we go. Oh, God, they fucking tweet a million times a day. All right, I'm not going to go plugging back all the way to Wednesday because this shit's insane, but... (laughs) I think they're called the outcast. Yeah, because in her promo, Ruby did keep saying how the fans outcasted her. Mm-hmm. The social outcast. Part oh two. We need the freelancers. That should have been their name. The fr- Oh, bro. 
They will always yeah, be the oh, freelancers yeah. to me. Yeah, on Dynamite this week, it says, we'll hear from the outcast. <laughs> oh, Lord. Is this a thing? Uh, uh, Hangman was in the ring, or Hangman was backstage with Renee, and he told her that uh, his work against... His work against John Moxley is finished. He apologized to Renee for having to witness that. Um, next, we got another in-ring promo from Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Yeah. FTR. Man, it is fucking good to see them back. Um, awesome. You know, Dax has a podcast, you know. Dax, majority of the time, is the more vocal one of the group. But, man, is fucking Cash a really good promo, man. Oh, he is, man. He's really good on the mic. We, you know, we mostly hear from Dax, but, man, when when Cash was, when Cash was talking, I'm like, man, this guy is so fucking underrated. He is so underrated on, um, on the mic, man. He really is. Swear, man. I swear. Yeah, he is he is a very, very solid promo, man. He's a very solid promo. They talked about how uh the ass boys have been handed everything and how uh they did admit to, you know, being in a slump before they left and constantly losing to the acclaimed, losing to the Briscoes, losing Oh my god, why do you keep yawning? Losing to the ass boys Losing their New Japan World Championships. Um, Dax said that they're upset at them because they took away that they took away their last memory of the Briscoes. I did not really understand that, to be honest. No, I don't really get that because they didn't beat them for the titles. They beat the acclaimed. Yeah, I. I was I was wondering the same thing. I was wondering I, the same thing. I didn't really get it, but hey, man, it shit was heating on the last. It was, it was. Um, but I said he took away their last memories with the Briscoes, and um, Dax talked about how uh, he's gonna do it for the Briscoes. He's gonna do it for FTR, and he says he knows he talks about his wife and his daughter all the time, but. <laughs> He says, let's talk about how much I love you guys. And as he pointed at the audience and he uh, told the audience he's going to do it for us as well. Um, top guys out. And um, that was the promo, man. And it was a very, very good promo, man. I miss seeing FTR, man. And it is great to see them back. And I cannot wait to see them with the tag team championships because... Your one of your best tag teams should always be your champions. One of your your best acts should always be your champions, bro. Um, I know sometimes, you know, you got to put the titles on, you know, a group like the guns if you want to tell the story you're trying to tell. But I think that's going to make this division a whole lot more intriguing. And I think it's going to make it a whole lot more uh, sought after like it used to be. So, definitely. definitely. Yes, that was that. That was that, man. 
Um, Jade Cargill says next week they're going to be in Winnipeg, and she is challenging any woman from Canada. She's challenging Canada's best. Okay. Who gives a shit? I don't even know who it's going to be. I have heard no speculation about who it might be. That's how fucking irrelevant we're in that title over. Seriously. Seriously, dude. Um... Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Uh, pretty much, uh, I challenge whoever is going to come out here and lose to me in three minutes, even though I'm way worse than half of the people on these rost- on this roster. Literally. <sighs> How does fucking ROH have a better women's champion than AEW. Well, AEW, AEW is, well, I mean, Jade Cargill is not even the fucking AEW champion. Why do they even have a mid-card championship, bro, for the women? Why? It's so pointless, dude. It's complete, like, even when Chris Statlander ends up beating her for the title, where do you go from there? Who cares? Ah, seriously. Title is just completely fucking unneeded, man. Completely just unneeded. Seriously. Man, I don't know why they fucking made that thing. Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Daniel Garcia win uh win um yeah, sorry, win a trios match against AR AR I was gonna say AR Flight. Um AR Fox. Actually that's not a bad uh that's not a bad name for them. AR Flight that's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> they beat AR Fox and Top Flight. You know what's crazy? So, mm. you know, Sam, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day. You know how everybody always talks about how like Sammy Guevara needed to be with Chris Jericho so so Chris Jericho can like watch over him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know Sammy Guevara is nearing 30 years old or he might be 30 years old. 30 and he needs a fucking little mentor oh my god send his ass to the fed bruh please that's what he needs he don't need a watcher he needs to be at a place that fucking tells him what to do god damn yeah this year he'll be 30 damn that motherfucker's that old doing all that fuck shit damn bro still hasn't grown up god damn that's sad that is sad I thought yeah. he was going to be like 24 or 23 or 25 or some shit. That's what I thought, too. That is genuinely what I thought, bro. Um, Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Um, so. These three afterwards talked about how they, uh, they got on the mic and they called out the House of Black. They said to get their spooky asses out here and um, uh, give them a match for the trios championship. Um, the lights went out. But it wasn't the House of Black. It was the Elite. Kenny Omega got on the mic and he said, for the better part of the past two, three years, you stayed out of our business. We've stayed out of your business. But we want our rematch for the Trios Championships too. Um, Not too shortly after this, the House of Black, the House of Black got on... Um, well, actually, 
before I jump ahead of myself, Don Callis got on the mic and he was talking about how, uh, you know, Chris Jericho is great and they've been friends for years, but he is only the second best wrestler from Winnipeg. Jericho told him to shut up. And um, before they could get on with this too long, the House of Black were on were on the video uh, were on a video package, and they uh, all walked up into the shot and said, "If you want these," and the lights went out again. Lights came back on, and the House of Black were standing there holding the championships. And you just hear Malachi. Uh, Malachi uh, had a mic, and he said, "Come get them." It was confirmed for next week that the Elite will be facing the Jericho Appreciation Society and and the House of Black in a triple threat trios match. Um, I like it. However, I think they may they may have moved a little too fast. I think you could have. You know, I think you could have went a little bit slower with the build, but maybe this is going to be some sort of some sort of uh, build. Uh, one one of the first steps of the build, because the elite's not winning that match. I mean, obviously, it's going to be House of Black that wins that match. Yeah, but I think the feud is going to evolve into House of Black versus JAS, and I think something's going to happen with the elite because. I didn't see it, but I heard on this episode of BT, Hangman was like on the phone with Uno or something, and he was like looking at a picture of like the Young Bucks or something. He was something like that, yeah. And then a lot of people are at there's a there's you know creative rumors that Don Callis might turn on Kenny for Takeshna, and I because you know he's been trying to talk to Takeshna and right. to get him to join him. So I think something's gonna happen. Where Kenny goes solo, the Young Bucks are left just being the Young Bucks for a little bit, and I think we're gonna get the Hung Bucks. I could see that, and I would really like that. Um, yep. Lost her K there for just a second, but um, yes, I I could definitely see that, and and I would really like that as well. Um, I would really like that as well, man. Um. Oh. Logan says the first match uh, he did felt pretty smooth and it felt like they slowed down some of the uh, pacing in the game. He enjoyed it so far. He says no way John Cena chose the song for this game. Oh wow, is the soundtrack really? Well, the soundtrack usually is that bad. Usually there's like one good song, maybe. Maybe one good song on the whole entire um one good song on the whole entire uh, soundtrack, but uh, yeah, man. Um, shit, as we wait for Sir K, yeah, man. Is uh, did did Tony D'Angelo get confirmed for the DLC? Let me let me see.
He did. Cool. Sad but true by Metallica. Bring back memories from the old game. Yeah, he did. Cool. Man. As we wait for Sir K, um, uh, I guess I will continue to uh, roll on with Dynamite, man. So, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Yes, and then in the main event, in the main event, we seen John Moxley and John, or John Moxley and John Silver. Um, John Moxley and... And Claudio team up against um, a team up against John Silver and Alex Reynolds um, of the Dark Order. So uh, that was that. And um, yeah, this one, you know, I, I really do love seeing Mox and Claudio as a tag team. They are a very very underrated tag team. I, I like them as a tag team. I like when they team together as a part of Blackpool Combat Club. Um, it's always, it's always very, it's always very stiff work, man. It's always very stiff work. I, I tend to enjoy it. Um, I tend to enjoy it a lot. So, this was, um, this was that, or that was that. Um, Mox and Claudio. Uh, did win this match. They did win this match. Um, they did win this match via uh, via submission, via sleeper hold by Moxley. And uh, ho, 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 ho. there I go. God damn. There you I are. Yes. Um. Uh, Mox and Claudio did win this match uh, via sleeper hold, and then they uh, continued uh, to attack the Dark Order, and Evil Uno came out, and it almost looked like the Blackpool Combat Club kind of turned heel. Yeah, they were beating the shit out of him, man. That was cool. They really were. Hangman came out, and Hangman came out and tried... He tried to separate all these guys without touching the Blackpool Combat Club, but Claudio hit him, and the and so Hangman started throwing fists back. Man, he started throwing fists back with the Blackpool Combat Club, um, and the BCC looked like they fucking turned heel, man. But I will say this, I will say this: I want to see Danielson back in the group, but something. Well, two things happened before this. I just didn't want to talk about them without Sir K. Um, so two really weird things happened before this. Um, and we'll get to those in just a second. Um, but, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this. On one hand, I like it, but on the second half, on the second hand, I have a couple questions. Um, 
So, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that. But we'll get to the question I have after the Danielson segment during this show. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So, uh, but regardless, next week, we got it confirmed. There's going to be a trios match. John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, Claudio Castagnoli versus Adam Page. Adam Page, Evil Uno, and Stu fucking Grayson. What is this guy? Like the fucking AEW Canada special? What is he? Does he only show up in Canada? I mean, what's going on here, man? So mad. I mean, dude, sign him back, bro. Get Uno and Stu, just those two, as tag team, bro. Please. You need tag teams, and those two were the best two besides Brody in that fucking group. So, please. Yes, that was clearly a mistake. Clearly a mistake letting that man go. Um, Tony Khan then announced... Tony Khan announced that the AEW All-Atlantic Championship next week will be defended with Orange Cassidy versus Jeff fucking Jarrett. Dude, can we get some interesting people to face this fucking guy at least? Are you kidding me? What is the fucking obsession with Jeff Jarrett in AEW? This guy's getting more fucking TV time than Keith Lee. Literally. Dracula. Speaking of Keith Lee, did you hear that? I don't know if he's saying, I don't know if he's saying like, I don't know if this is a foreshadowing on what's to come, but Swerve said that, um, Swerve said that his affiliates have been put on the shelf. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to be just kind of injured storyline for a little bit, or if this was their way to uh, write them off. I hope so, because those two blew. Oh, they're fucking horrendous. They are fucking horrendous. Get um, those two later. I hope they do. Ugh, seriously. So Tony Khan is going to level up the All-Atlantic Championship, and next week will be the last title defense and after that match, it will become the AEW International Championship. You should just call it the IC and your Continental Title Man. Yes, absolutely. And I, we went over it on Friday, man, but I don't know how this levels the title up. But it's it's whatever at this point, man. Yeah, yeah. So and again. I don't give a shit what you call the title. Like I said on Friday, you could call it the fucking all-national championship. You could call it the all-Atlantic. You could call it the international. You could call it the intercontinental. You could call it the fucking North American, South American, fucking European championship. I don't care what you fucking call it. If you do not have the championship on somebody interesting and somebody who's actually going to level up the championship, then it's not worth it, man. Exactly, bro. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, nothing's leveled up here. It's the fucking title still on Orange Cassidy. And somehow, some way, they put themselves in a position where if they do have the other guy win, it's going to be even worse. 
Yeah. Yeah. You hate to see that, man. Next, we have a very, very emotional promo from the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. He talked about how after the match, he couldn't feel his arms and he couldn't feel his legs. And he, uh, his whole life, he had convinced himself that um, he was doing this for his family. But then it dawned on him that MJF was right. MJF was right, man. Um, he wasn't able or he isn't able to play with his kids. He wasn't able to play with his kids, just like MJF said. And he says he thinks it's time for him to go home. And he walks away. So, that brings me to what ended up happening next on the show. With the House of Blood... <sighs> With the Blackpool Combat Club turning heel, where does this leave Brian Danielson? Does Danielson come back as a heel after that? I don't think so. I think he might have a disconnect with the group when he eventually comes back. I, he said he's going to go home. I don't know what that means. Uh, to me, I just assume he's literally just going to go home for a little bit and be yeah. with his kids. But um, I know he's recently been talking a lot about how he really wants to do the G1 when that eventually happens. But that's like a minute away. Isn't that like the end of the summer they do yeah. that shit? Yep. Okay. So I don't know. He just might be taking a little bit of time off, man. Because I don't know what else he could... I don't think he's going to go to ROH for a little bit. No. I really don't. So I think it just might be taking some time off. But it's it's when he gets back or it's going to be weird. After what the Blackpool Combat Club did. did. Is that going to be the story when he comes back? Is him either joining up with them again or leaving them again or not again or leaving them when he comes back i'm interested man it's interesting definitely definitely it's very interesting and i'm very interested to see where it goes i think i could call for a pretty nice story on aew television man uh next we got a little bit of seed planting with uh cool hand Ange and daddy magic and the acclaimed Wow, look at that. <laughs> Using the acclaimed against other great heel acts. Wow. Who would have fucking guessed, man? Who would have guessed? You know, this Dynamite was pretty solid, man. This Dynamite was a pretty it solid was. show. And then that brings me to our main event. It brings me to our main event for the evening. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow. You know, a lot of times in this business, the word buried is uh, severely overdone. I think a lot of people use the word buried for, a for almost everything sometimes. You cannot tell me that Wardlow is not buried. You can't. Dude, he's, he's, he's buried. buried. He's literally buried. Like, dude, he lost. Three days after coming back and winning. Oh, my Lord. He had this fire lit under his ass, bro. He he was the, he was becoming this monster again because Samoa Joe pissed him off. You know, Samoa Joe fucking drops the championship again. Wardlow recaptures it, dude. 
and he's about to beat Powerhouse Hobbs. He's up on the stage. He's going to give him a powerbomb off the stage. Fucking Q.T. Marshall makes his return to AEW television after the factory just broke up. He makes his return to AEW television. Low blows Wardlow. Or sorry, he hits him in the back. Uh, he hits him. He hits him with a chair. Wardlow turns around, grabs him by the throat. QT low blows him. Powerhouse Hobbs and QT fucking shield power bomb this motherfucker off the stage, and Wardlow doesn't make the ten count. I thought this was a false count anywhere match, not a fucking last man standing. Yeah, that's true. I don't get that, bro. What? Yeah. Huh. Wardlow did not make a 10 count. Am I stupid or was this a false count anywhere match? I swear that's what they advertised it as. Not a lot. Huh. That's stupid. I mean, you know in AEW, they probably fucking announced that it was a last man standing match during the fucking half of the show. Yeah. I don't even know at this point, but... Dude, what the fuck is that, man? First of all, yet again, you flip-flop that godforsaken title. And they wonder why it means nothing now. It means... That title is about... That title is about as fucking prestigious as the 24-7 championship around this around these times, bro. It fucking changes hands as much. It does. Dude, holy shit. Three days? Come on, bro. Come on, now. If if this was the first time it flip-flopped, alright, shocking, interesting. No, this shit happens 24-7 with that title now. That's all it does. Darby won it from Samoa Joe randomly. Joe wins it back randomly. Samoa, um, Wardlow comes back and beats Joe. Three days later, fucking... Hobbs beats him for it. Why did he win in the, why did why did Joe drop it in the first place? And if this is what happened, why did Darby drop it? Why did why why did Wardlow win it just to drop it? Why is any of this happening? Can we get a champion for a, a fucking week? Dude, I, I'm sick of this shit with TNT title man. Just please. At this point, please keep it on Hobbs for over a month. Please. <laughs> That's all I ask at this point. Keep it on the man for over a fucking month, man. But you put him with QT Marshall. Next week, mm -hmm. they announced a segment called QTV. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's I think that's going to be his new group name or something. QTV. Bro. <laughs> you know, we love Powerhouse Hobbs. You know, oh, yeah. I think they could have done a better job at not stunting his Book of Hobbs momentum. Oh, they stunted the fuck out that shit. He was having some great vignettes going, dude. You stop. put this guy with one of the most uninteresting people on your television program, and you bury Wardlow for it. You buried Wardlow 
so you can put QT Marshall with Powerhouse Hobbs. And you know what, man? If I'm Wardlow, uh, enough is enough. I'm at this point. If I'm okay. Wardlow, morally, I, I, I'm 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 gone. I'm I'm done with the company. I'm mentally checked out. I mean, because what is what is this, bro? You fucking don't give my my presentation that I needed, and then you constantly make me a fucking loser. I'd be fucking gone. The they fuck? have done Wardlow no favors whatsoever in his AEW no. run. None. They failed him. That's sad, man. Because he, wow. he was one of the hottest things in the company this time last year. And a year yes. later, failed. Yes. Fucking failed him. I'm sick of it. Bro. Around this time last year... Literally, literally, almost down to the episode. The episode after Revolution was when Wardlow gave that promo about fulfilling his own dreams. Mm-hmm. And and this dude was literally one of the hottest fucking wrestlers on the planet, man. He was one of the hottest wrestlers on the planet. Bro, one year later, this man is fucking buried, officially. Final nail in the coffin, You cannot, under no circumstances, have this dude come back and try to portray to your audience that he's even more aggressive now because he's even more upset and he's more pissed than he's ever been now. You cannot shove that bullshit in my face any fucking more. Wardlow is buried. And honestly, if I'm Wardlow, I'm running to WWE because it's ridiculous at this point. It's ridiculous. It's fucking bullshit, man. They give him a shitty fucking presentation with that shitty ass fucking music. They fucking and they bury him. They just bury the shit out of him for no reason. Fucking buried. I I would dip out if I was a warlord, man. I really would. I would too. I would too. No question. That's horrible. I hated that. Yes, me too. Me too. What a horrible ending to what was a really good dynamite, man. A really good dynamite. A fucking horrible ending. Dude. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say, man. Utterly ridiculous. And like I said, if if I'm if I'm Wardlow, I'm I'm mentally I'm mentally done. I'm mentally done with AEW. He has, he has uh, done nothing. He has done nothing but try. He has done nothing but try, man. And they have done nothing but given him shit after shit. Um, it's ridiculous, man. It's utterly ridiculous at this point. A three-day title reign for Wardlow. That's, that's insane, bro. That's a fucking crime. It really is. It really fucking is, man. Somebody who I see all the potential in the world to have a great story in AEW, man. Oh, yeah. He, he, he was supposed to be one of the guys with the story. And they, they failed him. They just buried him. They forgot about it. MJF's old bodyguard, man. He was set to have such a good fucking run with, uh, with a great backstory. Not only in life, but in the company. And you failed him. You fucked it all up. <sighs> fucking absolutely insane. 
So, Monday Night Raw opens up with damage control attacking Trish Stratus in the parking lot. They attack Trish. Uh, We actually had a piece of news that actually... um, There was a piece of news that we forgot to cover on Friday. It was the news that Trish Stratus is um, set to turn heel after WrestleMania and face Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. And you can definitely see the seeds being planted here because where the fuck were Becky or her best friend Lita when they needed her help? That's interesting. Yes, very interesting. And I... um, I like that dynamic. I like the legend coming in as the heel. Usually we see the legend come in as the baby face. Um, it's very old and very tired. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see them shake it up a little bit. Should be fairly interesting. Um, I hope. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope they do it well. Um, after that, we went into our first segment of the night. Ed was standing out in the ring. Um, he was standing out in the ring and he called Finn Balor out. Finn Balor then came out with the judgment day and, uh, edge accepted his match for WrestleMania. Finn Balor, Finn Balor, uh, you know, was getting all excited in his heel ways. Um, he was getting all excited, man. Uh, telling edge, you know, this is, this is going to say, uh, this is going to end the same way for you that it did at extreme rules. Edge told him to shut his mouth. And he told them, if we're going to end this, there's only one way we can end this. WrestleMania Edge versus Finn Balor in mm. the... Was it because of the damage control segment? So they kind of had something to like immediately cut to the air with? Could be. Could be. Or... Budget cuts. Ah, fucking budget <laughs> cuts. Fucking billion dollars in revenue. And then you want to tell your budget. audience budget cuts. Dude, that's one of the most worst. That is one of the worst excuses for just fucking ditching people I've ever seen in my life. Good lord. They're just fucking scalping their own company. Seriously, dude. Seriously. So, damage control. Damage control, uh, or gee, sorry, uh, Judgment Day, not damage control. Um, so, um, yes, Judgment Day and Edge are out there. Edge says, uh, WrestleMania, Edge versus Finn Balor inside Hell in a Cell. You know what I loved about this segment? Finn Balor did not give the chicken shit reaction where his eyeballs get all big and he gets all fucking scared. Finn Balor just stared a fucking hole into him. I loved this. And this is going to be great. These guys had one of the best matches of last year in that I Quit match. This Hell in a Cell is about to be a banger. And what does Finn Balor say? I have been to hell and it spit me right out because Mm. hell... Couldn't deal with my demons. Dude, that shit about to go crazy. Bro. The red cell returns. Oh, fuck no. The silver cell <laughs> needs to fucking come back, bro. I was gonna say, bro, if that thing isn't fucking silvery metal, then you fucking failed. Good Dude. Lord. 
Oh, man. That was one of the hardest lines by Finn Balor, bro. That shit it's absolutely went bro. insane. We were really about to get the demon, man. That shit about to go into... Dude, one thing I hate about this match for the fans, I hate how they keep saying, oh, man, it's going to be the demon versus Brood Edge. What? What? Why do you guys want Brood Edge? So, dude, that's all I see from Twitter, bro. Demon Balor versus Brood Edge. No. Brood Edge is fucking... He's a dork. That dude is lame fucking shit. sunglasses, bro. <laughs> dude, he's so fucking dorky when he's fucking portraying himself as the brood. Dude, just be Edge. Ugh, the those fans, man. They're something else. They really I'm are. I like brood Edge so much, but they do. I hate it. Yeah, they are. They are some motherfuckers, man. I swear. Um, Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. Or sorry, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Um. Yes, absolutely, Logan. Literally. Absolutely, Demon Finn yeah. versus fucking this fucking Edge. However, oh, I do, I, I do need to see him come out in those fucking shades one last time. Those fucking <laughs> shades, man. Yes, fucking shades, man. Either that or his fucking lucha mask. Um, fucking edge. So, so, uh, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis lose to Priest and Dominic. Priest hit Dexter with the South of Heaven to secure the victory, man. God damn. Yeah. Seriously, bro. If he's in NXT, too. Probably to advertise for NXT, to be honest. Yeah, or either that, or you know, I mean, they they kind of ju- he's just doing NXT, so he is to build for something that he has to do WrestleMania weekend, just because he probably. probably just wants to be on fucking something WrestleMania weekend. Poor guy. Omas. One in the afternoon. Yeah, seriously, bro. Fucking uh, one p.m. Motherfucking. <laughs> NXT. Uh, Omos. Omos is standing out in the ring with MVP. MVP starts to uh, introduce um, Brock, or uh, he starts to um, not, he's, what am I saying? He's, uh, you know, he's hyping up the match. He's, you know, trying to intimidate Brock, telling Brock he can't, uh, he, he won't be able to, Lift the seven foot three inch, four hundred and twenty five pound Nigerian giant Omos. Good lord! As Omos is standing out there, before MVP could really talk too much, Lesnar would come out, look Omos in his face. Uh, he was he would look up to Omo, as um, Omo, Omo, um, would put his fist. Up to Brock's face, Brock would look, and Brock would just look at his fist, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa!" He was just, he was just fucking not taking him seriously at all. And then he puts Omo puts his hand out. Lesnar shakes his hand. Lesnar goes to you know let go. Omos is just holding his hand. These two start kind of tussling around. Omos grabs his fucking, he palms his face. Goes to push him over the top rope and completely botches it. 
Brock, <laughs> Brock, <laughs> Brock, Brock was fucking like hanging on the top rope, and then he just fucking fell back in the ring, and Omos just had to dump him over like like you would in a Royal Rumble per se, and then. Mm-hmm. Brock was just standing on the outside of the ring looking scared as hell, which I would be really fucking scared too if my WrestleMania opponent just botched a clothesline over the or a, a throw over the top rope. Um, this dude ceases to amaze me, man. Omos <laughs> is a different breed, man. How are you that bad? Literally, bro. I don't get it, bro. I don't get it. But, man, I do not care for that match at Mania at all, man. I'm dreading that shit. Well, I'm dreading the build-up, and the fact that it's happening sucks. But, dude, if I'm if that match ain't gonna be hilarious that weekend, that shit is gonna be funny as hell that weekend. Oh, that is definitely the comedy match of the night, bro. If this man cannot even throw Brock Lesnar over the top rope, I'm genuinely scared. Dude, at this point, SummerSlam, bro, we need Omas and Goldberg. Somebody's gonna die. I gotta see it. Bro. Well, Goldberg is due for a retirement match. Yeah, apparently they they own him one. So I would like maybe. that to be Bray Wyatt. I think that would yeah. be I think that would be nice. I Bury think that would yeah. send him home. I, I genuinely think that's the least Goldberg could do for the fucking man after he buried his fucking fiend. Career, literally. Um, crazy, man, crazy. One of the worst booking decisions of all time. Uh, but Omas throws Brock over the top rope as Brock just sits there looking scared at him as the commentators are trying to portray to me that Brock Lesnar is scared of the seven foot three inch, four hundred and twenty five pound Nigerian giant Omas. Good lord. <laughs> <sighs> Good lord is right. That was that segment. It uh fucking uh, the crowd went mild during Literally. that segment. It was horrendous. Um, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes had a match with L.A. Knight. This was very solid. This was a very solid uh, TV match. This was very good. Cody Rhodes defeated L.A. Knight, cut a promo about how um, everybody is telling him to back off with Roman Reigns, but he says he does not work for Roman Reigns, and he can do whatever he wants. And if he wants to stand shoulder-to-shoulder with Sami Zayn, if he wants to stand shoulder-to-shoulder with Kevin Owens, that's exactly what he's going to do because they've made it personal uh, with him, which I love. I love that detail, man. They've been trying to get in Cody Rhodes' head for a long time, but the minute Cody Rhodes tries to make it personal, now they're upset. I like the... uh, I like... um, I like just the prick nature of the bloodline. Um, so, but I like how Cody Rhodes isn't backing down, man. And I like how um, this is a way you're going to get a lot of heat off of Cody is to have him stand shoulder to shoulder with those guys, man, and have them, um, you know, take apart the bloodline and uh, as a common enemy type of thing. So definitely, man, definitely. I like, I like the way they're going with that. Definitely. I like that a lot. 
Definitely. It's way better than just having Cody Rhodes fucking not acknowledge Sami Zayn's existence at all. Oh, dude, if it was like Vince in full charge, bro, that's how it would have been. Oh, he Sammy, would've Sammy would have... Oh, yeah, Sammy well, would have been taken off of television. I was gonna, oh, yeah, I was going to say, Sammy wouldn't have been that hot in the first place. Right, right. Um, but, um, if he was. If he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking Cody Rhodes would not even... Be, Cody Rhodes, personally, uh, like random promos would, but in terms of what they're doing on TV, they wouldn't involve each other at all. Yeah. Yep. But you know that motherfucker Cody would fucking bring his ass up anyways. Definitely. As Paul <laughs> Paul Heyman announces next week that the tribal chief will be at Raw. At Raw. Finally. Took the fucking carny forever. No kidding. You know what would have been really good now that I'm just thinking about him, now that I said Raw? You know what would have been really nice for AJ Styles at WrestleMania, bro? AJ Styles versus Johnny Gargano. That would have been really fucking good. That would have been a good-ass fucking match, man. Or you could tell the story of the century. AJ versus Omas. Omas. You betrayed me, Omas. What the heck? Yeah, uh, Omo already got his burial in after they broke up. You remember when he fucking squashed AJ in two minutes after they (sighs) broke up? Holy shit. I'll never forget that bullshit. Um, Elias was uh, had a match with Rick Boogs in his corner because apparently Elias is Rick Boogs' life coach. Rick Boogs was out there with a notebook taking notes. How to have your career dead in the water, yeah. says Elias. <laughs> you want to be fucking right now for that fucking guy? Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. So and maybe if it was in 2018, 2017, maybe. Not, not at this point, dog. Uh, Logan, if Champa never got hurt, he would be the co WrestleMania host with the Miz. Dude, he probably would have been too. Oh fucking Jesus, man. <laughs> so yeah. oh, dude, he probably would have turned out as the host at two. Uh, I could that see would have been cool. That would have been cool on Mania. It would have been cool to give like a DIY um, flashback where he just does it to the Miz. Just nonchalantly just fucking started whooping his ass. I think that would have been, I think it would have been cool if he turned on Mania because you have a lot of your fucking marks there. You have a lot of people that are cool. So if they seen Tommaso Ciampa just fucking beat the hell out of the Miz, it would have been pretty (laughs) sick. Um, Ain't that true. So Elias is, uh, you know, coaching Rick Boogs on life. And who is his opponent? Bronson Reed. And what did he teach Rick Boogs to do, you may ask? Uh, Get squashed. He taught him how to get (laughs) fucking squashed in three minutes. That's what he taught him how to do. Bronson Reed beat this motherfucker in three minutes, man. And that was it. Um, Good Lord. uh, Austin Theory had a match against Angelo Hawkins as they played a uh, video package from the beginning of the day of uh, Austin Theory trying to pick on them, but then they started, uh, they started going back at him and then he, uh, and then he challenged one of them to a match. Dawkins, you know, accepted. He did end up beating Dawkins. And after the match, he put him in the STF as, um, Montez came out and he ran away. Uh, 
all they really did as far as Cena goes was play a uh, video package from last week. I fucking hate when they do that. I hate that shit. And I think we might get a lot of that too. Because I heard Cena's schedule is actually busy too right now. Dude. <sighs> bro. That's disappointing, man. Yes, I hope he can make... I mean, we got two Monday Night Raws left before WrestleMania. I hope he can make at least one of them. Or, or I mean, the next two would be spectacular. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I hope. But um, I absolutely hate when WWE does that. If you're not gonna fucking show me any, if you're if you have no plans to show something on your show, just don't show me at all. Exactly, because don't don't just tease it. Just yeah, we could be getting him this week, but we got him last week, so yeah. check it out. Yeah, <laughs> bruh. Uh, Rey Mysterio comes out to get his actual Hall of Fame induction. Uh, to get his actual. Uh, speech Dominic comes out Dominic is fucking hilarious this this is some of the this is some of the best work that this motherfucker will ever do in his entire career um this this, this shit is golden he goes out there and he tells Rey Mysterio he says he says to him he says uh he, he said something about he said something about um, him being a sorry excuse for a dad, him being a sorry excuse for a man, and he talked about the the role. This was so fucking golden. He said, he said, um, Rick Flair. Oh yeah, wasn't Rick Flair announced for something on this show? Was he? I feel like he was the bump. That's what it was. Oh. That's what it was. So. So Ray, so Ray and Dominic are out there and he, he, he tells, he tells Ray, he says, um, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that this is one of your biggest accomplishments because while you, while, uh, while, while I was a kid, I didn't have a dad to look up to because you ditched me for WrestleMania. That is, (laughs) that is (laughs) That is what you ditched me for, and I didn't have a father. And then he said, and then he said, when you bought me my first car at 16 years old, I was so excited. I was so excited for my first car. All my friends were lined up with brand new Mercedes, and you bought me a BMW? Bro, I fucking... I fu- and he goes and then he goes. It wasn't even an M series, and he bro that fucking that genuinely made me lol, bro. That was fucking the look on Ray's face. He was like, "Are you fucking serious, <laughs> bro?" I love what they did with this fucking guy. They made him such a little prick. It's fucking amazing, dude. The when he was like, "All my I had all my friends lined up. They were waiting for me." In their new Mercedes, and you bought me a BMW, <laughs> and Ray was just looking like you little fucking asshole, bro. <laughs> the, hilarious! I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that line. Uh, it was incredible. And he says, "And for all that, I want, I want to challenge you to a match at WrestleMania." 
Ray yeah. says, Dominic, how many times <laughs> do I have to tell you I'm not going to fight my son? It just cuts to Wednesday. It's fucking Billy Gunn just beating the fuck out of his kids. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, so Ray gets out of the ring, and he starts walking away. He starts walking away, and um, Dominic's just, yeah, walk away like the coward you are. Just walk away, bro. Fucking that car line absolutely, absolutely killed me, bro. Absolutely killed me. The pop when that motherfucker Ray hits his ass, bro. Dude, that's gonna be that's gonna be beautiful. I can't wait for him to beat his son, man. He's getting there too. He's getting there. You could definitely tell he's getting a little bit more fed up with him every time, man. So it's 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 good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. I'm really loving this story. And they found a great way to prolong it too. They found a genius way to prolong it. Put Ray on, you know, have Ray ready to quit WWE, but Triple H has him uh Triple H has him go to uh SmackDown instead and then revisit this around now. Wonderful. Perfect, man. I love it. It's been fucking hilarious. Uh Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. This is from earlier in the night when Baron Corbin was making fun of Seth Rollins because um he was mad at the Miz for not allowing him for not allowing Corbin to co-host Mania. Seth beat Baron Corbin very quickly and that was that. Otis. Chad Gable was looking for Otis for half of the night. He was walking around with missing Otis pictures or flyers rather. This motherfucker, Chad Gable, he had about three segments in the night. And it wasn't until the last one when I really looked at his jacket. And I was like, I was like, oh man, that looks like his American. Wait a minute. Then I look at his sleeve and I'm like, that's a fucking American. That's his American alpha jacket. Oh, yeah. Bro. What could they be, dude? I want that fucking tag team so goddamn bad. Dude, American Alpha is in my top five tag teams of all time. Oh, yeah. Bro. Oh, this is going to be so sick. This is (laughs) going to be so sick. So he finds Otis, and he's in the middle of a photo shoot with MMM. They, uh, Mansois is taking pictures. Gable says... Gable says, come on, Otis, you know, I, you know, I'll do this with you if you want. Um, so, so he gets in and he starts taking fucking, and my man, Sue takes a fucking picture, of uh, Gable and he says, Oh, you broke my lens and fucking, and then they start calling him ugly as, uh, MMM walk, walk off and they tell Otis to come with and Gable says, Gable says, come on, man, you know, we, we missed our morning session, but we could at least get a good hour in right now. And Otis walks off with MMM as this motherfucker visibly kept showing that that side of his jacket that had the American Alpha patch all night, bro. I kept seeing pictures all night and nobody was talking about it. No, most people just see it all. Oh, look at that fun little reference to... 
I'm like, dude, with the way Triple H fucking does his little background storytelling, man, that gets me a little excited, man. I don't, I'm not gonna get too hype, just in case. Yeah. But, man, I hope so, man. If I hope that. If he continues that, uh, these American he, Alpha references, it's happening, bruh. I hope it does. Jordan's coming back, man. Ooh. Ooh. I love it, bruh. I want that so bad. Uh, Bianca Belair beats Chelsea Green. Uh, Carmella hops in the ring and they start attacking uh, Bianca. Asuka comes out, uh, takes care of both of them. She grabs a Raw Women's Championship. This is a little Vince McMahonism that I kind of noticed. Asuka's like grabs the championship and she starts like dancing around with it. I mean, it was kind of in, like, a little creepier manner. Like, it wasn't, like, that fucking Vince McMahon, like, bro, when Asuka was just fucking being weird. But, um, you know, it was a little creepier. She has the championship, and Bianca's just standing there like, give me my fucking belt. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then Asuka just smiles. I thought she was going to get close enough, hand her the belt, and then spit the mist in her face. Um... Yeah, this version of Alpha Academy, I mean, it was okay at one point, and it's still okay now, but American Alpha clears. American Alpha fucking... No question. No question. Seamlessly fucking clears. Alpha Academy, I I didn't mind them. I didn't either. I liked them. uh, Yeah, I like those two. But just nothing can compare to Alpha Academy, man. I mean, American Alpha. Yeah, fucking <laughs> man. It's all good, man. It's all good. So, is it just me, or do Bianca Belair's storylines going into WrestleMania always blow? Oh, dude, it's 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 nothing. What's the story? Like, definitely. Uh, I don't get it, man. Definitely, definitely, man. So. Um, yeah, I, exactly, man. I mean, you know, we say it for AEW, so it's only right we give WWE the same treatment, bro. What, what is the story here? I mean, what, you know, other than, you know, Asuka winning, I mean, I would like a little bit more, I would like a little bit more storytelling in here. Um, heel American alpha. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would like that, but I mean, if you do have like AOP Insanity coming back in, uh, I would like. Um, I would. I would. I think they would work as a baby face at first. But I will say, I will say, um, I will say, um, I, I think down the line, Jason Jordan could have worked amazing as a heel, and oh, Chad yeah. Gable is great as a heel. So I I think I think either either way it would be good, but I think you do them as a baby face at first, but then obviously down the line you do a heel a heel uh, with them, and I think it would be Definitely. I think it would be awesome. Um, oh man, if they ever went heel with that J- that solo Jason Jordan, he'd be such like Dominic, bro, just a fucking yes. little fucking dork. Oh, it'd be great. I miss him. I miss Solo. Bro. Although I can't wait for Alpha Academy. Or American get it again. <laughs> For American Alpha, the solo is just funny about fucking Jason Jordan on his oh, own. Bro. He was such a dork. I loved it. 
Oh, bro. Yeah, Jason, Jason Jordan was fucking... Jason Jordan was fucking hilarious, man. Um, yeah, man. I mean, what is the, what is the story here, bro? I mean, she just smiles... And the the mist is all in her teeth, and it starts dripping down her mouth. And um, Bianca Belair is just looking at her like, "What the fuck?" I mean, that's what I'm saying. What the f- like? What the fuck? Like, what are you guys doing here, bro? There's three weeks till WrestleMania, and you're fucking dancing around with the championship. Literally, tell a fucking story, please. That would Seriously. be nice. Seriously, dude. And in the main event, the Street Champ Solo Sokoa and Kevin Owens are um you know they had a street fight uh it was a pretty good match it was a pretty good match uh solo sokoa ended up uh chasing or kevin owens ended up beating up solo sokoa into gorilla position as soon as ko entered gorilla position he um as soon as he entered gorilla position the usos super kicked him the mm-hmm. usos super kicked him brought uh drug him out to the ring solo sokoa hit uh, the Samoan spike on Kevin Owens and pinned him for the one, two, three. No sign of Sami Zayn. Man, it's getting interesting, man. It's getting real interesting. Definitely, dude, definitely. And it was uh, was a pretty good match, man, and I I definitely think we should uh, expect to see Kevin Owens, um, Kevin Owens... And Sami Zayn um, team up soon. That was also weird as well. Cody, yeah, I would have, I would have thought Cody would have came out and, and tried to, you know, kind of mend the fences between these two, but he didn't. Definitely, man. I think after, you know, Mania season, I think we're, in, I think it might make sense to turn KO heel at this point after some time after Mania because everybody's screwing that man over. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Um definitely. Definitely. It is inevitable. It is inevitable for him to turn. Um yeah, definitely sometime when they're done with those tag team championships, man. Um Kevin told Cody not to or Sammy? Probably Sammy, but like I mean, wouldn't it prove that you're his boy by helping him? Still, like, it's just one element. Uh, Definitely after the TS, after that tag run with Sammy, I think that's the way to go after that. But. Definitely, man. Definitely. Or maybe you draft these two to different shows. Mm -hmm. Maybe you draft them to different shows, but they have the tag Mm -hmm. titles. So once you're done with the tag team title run, Maybe these two finally get their happy ending. Until next time. Yeah, nice. um, I would like that too. <laughs> yeah, one <laughs> of the two. Interesting. Interesting, man. But, uh, yeah, that was the episode of Monday Night Raw. It was an okay episode of Raw, man. But, um, yeah, man, that was uh, that was that was pretty much it for everything for the week, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with that, man, I guess that's going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, man. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted, man. And uh, yeah, man, with that, thank you guys for being here, man. Logan, Durante, uh, everybody in the, everybody here in the live chat, man. Everybody on the replay, JT, Bell, you guys know how it is, bro. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. And yeah, it is, um, it is, it has been a pleasure. Always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. 
And uh, Sir K. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Seals Podcast, man. Another edition of Notorious Unscripted. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys, man. We love you guys. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Friday with the news. Peace.